Welcome to episode 20 of the Alia Graphic Podcast. I'm Jurgi from Kingston Libraries in Victoria. And today I have two awesome guests with me as well, who are also part of the Alia Graphic team. So I've got Tara. I'm from Willandilly Library in New South Wales. In New South Wales. Awesome. And we've got Melody. Hi, I'm Melody. I'm from Coburn Libraries in Western Australia. Yes, the state that wants to be independent <laughs> will not reopen borders. Keep the filthy germs out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yes, yeah, so today, as usual, well, it's our uh, 20th episode, which is um, awesome. Uh, we started this back in April, so uh, up to episode 20 uh, and uh, doing well. And um, as usual, we're going to be talking about three kind of news items or things that um, got our attention and also um, three of our picks, our personal picks from uh, this month's new uh, release books. Uh, so um, Tara, would you like to get started? Okay, well, I wanted to talk about um, Kickstarter and I just for those listeners who don't know what Kickstarter is, that's a crowdfunding site that helps creative projects get off the ground. Um, it's really good, actually. I had a little go last night, and you can get quite uh, specific. I was looking at, you know, um, creative projects happening in Sydney, for instance. So you can pick a location and see uh, what creators are, are doing. So The Beat, which is a blog on comic culture reported this year that crowdfunding for comics on Kickstarter reached $22 million. And this was a significant increase from last year's record of $16.9 million. They've also found that the comic creator <coughs> category um, is twice as high as the average of all the other categories on Kickstarter. Kickstarter is not just comics, so there's um, projects to do with art, design and tech, publishing, music, but the comic creator category is really having a significant spike this year. Um, part of that may be uh, Berserker, which is the graphic novel series by Keanu Reeves, Matt Kint and Ron Garney. They raised $1.45 just for that project, um, which became the most funded comic project of all time. But even with this amount, uh, it is still, the other comic projects have um, still significantly increased since last year. A little bit different this year, though, there were some big names that joined the platform. There was a bit of criticism that some of the established companies were also uh, getting on board and possibility of crowding out others. But it seems that Kickstarter uh, platform uh, can provide room for established publishing companies and first time comic creators. Uh, there was also Scott Snyder who um, in an article in the New York Times in September he, he was on the platform this year too uh, with one of his projects and he said it's just been, the platform's been great because it's provided access between creators and 
fans in the community which haven't been able to get to conventions this year or signings. So um, it's been more engaging. People can engage in the projects that creators are doing from home during this COVID year. Yeah, I was actually listening, um, I don't know if it was last week or, or the previous one, but listening to uh, Stephen Cock and uh, Sean Keenan, they do, um, they do every Sunday uh, on YouTube, they have a channel and you know, they have a chat and they have different guests and things like that. And they were talking a little bit about this as well. And, and uh, they mentioned that that you know this year not having um, the the comic cons that they found that a lot of the people that would uh, that would buy comics in the conventions were buying them on Kickstarter. So mm. it's um, it, it's interesting how that's happened, and and I, I found really interesting in the article as well that uh, you know they, they mentioned um, you know the top names. Uh, been on Kickstarter and all that, but it, that it doesn't seem like it has really cannibalized, uh, you know, the smaller creators yeah. and the independent creators uh, who are still getting a lot of projects uh, funded and out. So, so it, I think it's a it's a really interesting platform, and and yeah. I really like how um, some creators are independent creators are using it and. Uh, and actually, Stephen Cog and Sean Keenan are a good example. You know, they're independent. They're mm. they're using Kickstarter to kind of fund fund the project, but then they also uh, once they deliver it to to the people who pledged on Kickstarter, then they make their books available um, uh, to uh, through other sources. You know, um, yeah, and through library suppliers and things like that as well. So, yeah, yeah. It, I think it's it's really really good to see this and uh, one of the uh, one of the graphic novels that they mentioned in the article as well was uh, Patience and Esther yes. and and uh, and that's by Sarah Searle who now lives in WA. Uh, she originally comes from the UK, but okay. uh, now she's an Australian resident, so she, we consider her Australian. <laughs> We'll take her. Um, yep. Yeah, and she lives in <laughs> WA, so there you go. So, yeah, pretty cool. I think it's really nice too how Kickstarter fans get a real chance to have a part in something. They they feel a sense of ownership and a part of the projects that they support. So they, I don't know, it just gives them a bit more something to love about the things that they already love. Mm. And and look, I've I've supported a few Kickstarters this year, and yeah, they you get a lot of goodies. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's crazy sometimes what they throw in. Like, for example, Killaroo, their latest uh, Killaroo um, that I supported. I was I was actually quite shocked at everything that I got. For yeah, uh, for the pledge that I made, you know, I felt like I actually uh, Darren Close was too generous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. But yeah, it was awesome. Like uh, yeah. yeah, they 
they really go to town sometimes and it's awesome to get those things you know you can get really special things from the creators and and it's true you also build a bit of a relationship with them you know Mm. um so yeah it's it's really good i i really like what they're doing and um although kickstarter has been criticized for not treating some of the workers very well and um especially when they wanted to unionize. So I hope they clean up their act on that. But uh, <laughs> apart from that, it's a really great platform. Yeah. Now, Melody, do you want to talk about uh, your news item? What do you have for us? Sure. Um, so Rolling Stone have put out an article about American heavy metal, heavy metal band um, Anthrax. Uh, Anthrax were huge in the 80s. They were one of the biggest thrash metal bands. Uh, They've had 11 studio albums, 26 singles. um, And one of their biggest selling albums was Among the Living. Um, Among the Living was based on um, The Stand by Stephen King. So when they wrote the songs, uh, they followed some of the themes from that book. And they've decided to celebrate their 40th anniversary with a graphic novel. Uh, celebrating the album. Um, It's going to feature some original stories based on the album, um, which was written by Crow Taylor, Graham Morrison. Uh, Stories are going to include help from Brian Possum, Jared and Mikey Way, Rob Zombie and others. Um, It sounds really exciting. Um, One of of the songs in the album is also based on... um, Judge Dredd, and so one of the comics in the graphic novel will be following the Judge Dredd theme. Um, And they've said that uh, they're collaborating on an original story for the collection inspired by I Am The Law, so this is the Judge Dredd one, which will feature the classic comic book anti-hero Judge Dredd uh, in partnership with 2000 AD. It's um, exciting. It's going to be fun. It's a great way to celebrate two very different things i guess mm. heavy metal and graphic novels but it'll be nice it'll be fun are you actually a fan of the band uh i liked some thrash metal in the 80s but not heavily no it's not my style of music i'm more of a pop girl <laughs> i love the band so i'm very happy that you chose this yes <laughs> actually uh yeah i can't wait for for this graphic novel I think it's, it's going to awesome. be interesting because, I mean, especially, I mean, Jared Way, obviously, from My Chemical Romance, he's made the Umbrella Academy um, mm. graphic novels. Um, Mikey Way has also um, contributed. I've not taken the notes down, but he's contributed to a new graphic novel as well. Rob Zombie's obviously done some really scary stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they, they, they've managed to get a great lineup of creators. So that that's really awesome. And um we'll see what they come up with but uh, mm. uh th- this is really really cool and um yeah uh, uh yeah i saw them live i think in 1992 w- which was with the second singer so it wasn't with the original singer but um it was awesome it was really, really <laughs> great great concert um yeah they, they've got a great lineup so this could be a, a, a this could be awesome. Yeah, it'll be good. Very unique sort of way of celebrating, isn't it? I like it. 
Yeah, and mm. apparently they're going to. Um, I read also in the article that they're they're not stopping there. They're going to continue to be involved in doing stuff like this. this is their first graphic novel, as they've said. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess that means they're going to keep doing things like this. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think in the band they've always been fans of comics, um, and especially, I guess, you know, the, uh, I am the law is a song that. Mm. Uh, it's one of their most famous and, uh, you know, based on Judge Dredd, but uh, they, they've always been fans of of comics and pop culture. And so th this is really, really, really cool. And uh, it feels organic to me mm. as well. It doesn't feel like we've never been interested in comics, but now we just started mm. doing this. No. Mm. And that's why the creators are on board as well. I think the creators recognize that Anthrax always had these influences there so yeah yeah, yeah definitely Very exciting awesome i can't <laughs> wait for this to be honest so yeah good, good stuff and, and it's really interesting as well that uh you know like uh scott ian uh the guitarist is um writing a an original story uh mm. and and another member from the band is actually designing the cover as well so so uh, you know they're, they're getting involved they're not just getting other creators to to do all the work yeah they're it's not just their name involved. on it and they're hiring someone no they're really doing it themselves which is really wonderful yeah so really really cool hmm. how about you tara do, do you listen to anthrax <laughs> no no hey look i really liked Metallica in the day um um of course Without without like knowing their songs, you know who they are. Mm, yeah, everyone, you know, everyone's yeah. heard of them. Yeah, and yeah, so. Um, but no, I'm looking forward to this too. I think it will be very interesting. Yeah. yeah, like they're they're one of the big four, you know, yeah. as yeah. they've always been known, and so yeah, they're, they're easily recognizable. My favorite has always been Megadeth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I actually do listen to a lot of metal and, uh, and um, yeah, Megadeth is my favorite of those four. And uh, I think uh, Metallica, um, sometimes people say, you know, they made a mistake in firing Dave Mustaine. I don't think they made a mistake. I think it was the best thing they did because they <laughs> created Megadeth, which was even better. Oh, so. that's good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, w one of my best friends was always a Metallica fan, so we had this discussion forever, for decades now. My husband is also a huge Metallica fan, and I did try very hard to support him by taking him to a massive concert when they were here in WA, uh, I think it was 10 years ago, for our 10th wedding anniversary. Um, unfortunately, I am soft, and it was too loud, and I had to leave. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, well, Metallica <laughs> put on great shows. Yes. I have to give them that. They put on it great was shows. painfully loud. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, um, I wanted to talk about the Ledger Awards, actually. Mm -hmm. it's a, uh, they actually released the shortlist. Um, um, and the Ledger Awards, for those who don't know, uh, are the awards for excellence in Australian comics. Uh, so uh, they I guess the awards uh, for Best Australian Comics. And uh, they usually have a very um, 
so that they always have quite a varied list because they they don't just do uh, graphic novels uh, they they do single issues uh, web comics everything so it's just if it's a comic with an Australian creator it's eligible to be included in the award um, so for us in libraries uh, obviously not everything that's in there is something that we can have um, at the library uh, so it's it's good to be aware of that but uh, it's it's a really great list um, it's a great award and uh, it, it's always worth checking uh, what they have this year uh, they're doing it quite late and I guess you know the whole pandemic and everything has kind of delayed everything uh, but they recently announced the, the shortlist and it's actually for uh, uh, comics that were published in 2019. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, the list is really, really long, so I won't go through the whole list. Uh, uh, we'll, put, uh, we'll put a link in our roundup um, on our blog, so you can check that. And there, there are a lot that are online, so you could actually um, search for them, you know, um, look up the title and, um, and the creator and find them online. Uh, there are some that are self-published, so, you know, with conventions not happening at the moment. Um, other than, I'm not exactly sure how you could find them. See if you can find a blog or something that, if they have that... Um, um, where you can find them uh, but uh, th there are some great books as well um, that are more widely available and some that we have actually recommended throughout this year as well so um, um, and we have mentioned so you, you should be able to get uh, so I won't go through all of them because there's a lot, but uh, you know, there are some real highlights for me, um, like Drawing Power, it's an anthology on um, you know, women's stories of sexual violence and harassment and things like that. And th th there are three Australian creators that were part of this anthology. So uh, that book is, uh, has made the shortlist. Uh, Tom Taylor's Deceased, um, uh, Chris Gucci's uh, Deep Breaths, which kind of was a compilation of his short stories, um, Cabra Mata by Matt Kuhn, uh, which was um, published online and also uh, um, The Believer is there, um, Eldritch Kid Bone War, um, by, published by Gestalt. Um, Exilium um, by Ben Slavak, uh, Fans from C.S. Packard. There's just too many to mention, but uh, really great stuff. Um, and I think, you know, I also, well, Witchy I wanted to mention as well, because it's a book that I really, really love. And of course, Mandy Orts, When One Person Dies, The Whole World Is Over. Um, but there, yeah. There are so many there. Um, and Sarah Cyril, that I mentioned before, has actually made it to the list as well with uh, Sincerely Harriet. Um, um, and I think she has some other um, one in this list as well. So yeah, 
Yeah, definitely, at least uh, worth checking because uh, there's a lot of great stuff here and um, the stuff that uh, we should definitely have at the library. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll see who the winner is. I, I really don't want to pick a winner because the, there are too many favorites here of mine. Mm -hmm. um, when so do I they get announced? When do the winners get announced? They haven't announced the date yet. Good question. Uh, I don't believe they've announced uh, a date yet for that. Um, so I guess it's a watch this space kind of thing. <laughs> I don't know if it will be online or they're waiting a little bit longer to see if they can have it somewhere mm. in person. Mm. Um, it may be in Sydney because I see that one um, of their kind of, well, that they're thinking King's comics, which I know it's in Sydney. Um, I listen to their podcast. Uh, uh, so yeah, maybe it's in Sydney this year, mm. but yeah. Do do you do you wanna highlight any of the shortlisted books or uh, I've just do you have any started, favorite? I've started reading Deceased. Um oh, yeah. it looks really interesting to me. I love anything Superman and it's really good. It's really great. I'm enjoying it a lot. It's devastating, but it's great. <laughs> uh Tom Taylor is kind of an expert at these kind of big books and delivering a lot of shocks. Mm. <laughs> Yep, he's doing that. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely doing that. Yeah. How about you, Tara? Was there anything in the list that um, got your attention or any favorites that you have? Yeah, I, I've been meaning to check out Cabramatta, actually, probably because it's not far from here. And I lived in the suburb next to that for many years. So personally, I'd like to check that one out. Um, I was just checking though because it's an interactive online. Yeah. Um, and there is a print version. So, yeah, I'll have to look into that one. Um, but I've been meaning to come back to that for a while now. Um, yeah, the, the, the digital version is pretty cool. Um, yeah. It's pretty um, cool. And I also noticed, I think we talked about him on another podcast, uh, Safta Ahmed, is it? We've lost it now, Healing Process, I think, which I remember we were discussing. He does horror, but then he also does these um, um, medical graphic, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, healing is a yeah. process is actually from Sarah, Cyril. Um, oh, uh, yeah. It's Safta Ahmed is healing alone. That's it. Alone, yeah. Right next to each other in the list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, that's good to see as well. Yep. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, and you know, I, I like that they have a really wide range and it's great news that, and it shows that, that there are more works being published and really quality works that, uh, you know, as they said, this list is actually bigger than ever. Mm, it's huge. Um, it's really big. Yeah. Uh, so uh, and they, they couldn't make it any shorter. So that, that that's a good sign that uh, you know really great work is being published in Australia. So um, I think we're in a really good moment in in that sense. I'm looking forward to uh, to see uh, when they're going to announce them. I'll I'll keep an eye on it and I'll I'll keep you all posted. Um, mm -hmm. And we'll definitely share the news on Twitter and things like that as well. So Excellent. now uh, let's uh, let's talk about our picks for this month. Uh, Tara, 
Okay, now, uh, disclaimer, I have not read this yet. And um, I'm looking at Reva Volume 2. I know we have Volume 1 in the library, um, which I keep walking past going, I must pick that up. But as you know, we get very busy. Um, so Volume 2 has come out. Um, this was published November 4 by Image Comics. It collects issues 7 to 11. What I like about it is a sort of like a dark fantasy graphic novel. Um, it's being described as a post-Game of Thrones world, which that grabs me because I love Game of Thrones. So I'm thinking I might like this one too. The volume one, of course, is just the introduction to the characters and setting up the backstory, but volume two is going to go into more of the world building, um, which I'd like to see. And it's interesting because I read a review that said the hero is a barbarian cannibal berserker so you can imagine what a villain must look like in this series so um yeah it looks interesting and um if you do want to check it out you can actually there's a free sample from google play books we can look at a couple of the beginning pages i i read volume one um Did you? pretty much at the start of um of the first lockdown <laughs> And yeah. it, it was exactly what I needed, you know, just uh, go to another world and just have some really crazy, wacky fun. Um, it's it's a really, really fun first volume. So I'm really looking forward to this. And and um, yeah, I'm interested in seeing uh, more world building and see, see, see where it goes. I'm definitely on board for this. I'll be picking up the first volume soon. Yeah. Um, what about you, Melody? Um, I also haven't read this, but I have read its mm, prequel. Um, Yuval Noha Harari's Sapiens graphic novel. I'm really excited for this. Um, I think I think it's great that people get the opportunity to absorb. You know, this is a big book. The original is um let me see 399 pages so the original sapiens is 399 pages of text and that can be difficult for some people to get through just whether it's interesting or not and sapiens is a fascinating thing to read it is so interesting um so it's great that they are putting it into a graphic novel format so that it gets to more people and they can expand also his website is very good. He's got some excellent book trailers on there for the graphic novel. Um, and they're hilarious. They're really, really funny. Yeah, um, I think yeah, for so me, for me the best thing for me the best thing with this is that he, he um, he's definitely completely on board. Mm, he's know? really into it. He's making it accessible. Um, he's sharing little quotes and snippets and it's really yeah. fun. Mm. I don't think that this will just be, you know, an adaptation. Just no, just to I think get it'll be series out, by think, the look of it. Yeah, I think uh, I think that he's really invested in it, and I think it will be uh, an adaptation that actually adds its own little thing to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a great description. Um, on here where he writes, uh, the first encounter between sapiens and Neanderthals is explored through the masterpieces of modern art. The extinction of the mammoths and saber-toothed tigers is retold as a whodunit movie. 
Uh, come and meet the gay Neanderthals. They're all powerful doctor fiction and the world's worst ever serial killers. And find out well, we're all trapped inside the dreams of dead people. So it's certainly putting, um, you know, the topic of evolution into a more interesting format. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the, this is a book that my wife will definitely be really interested in. And uh, she 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 reads graphic novels, but she doesn't read books really. She does audio books, <laughs> not books. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the graphic novel uh, this and she it, this is actually a subject uh, that she's really interested in. I think mm. this is a perfect book for her. So very That's excited. Great. I love that people can do this with with graphic novels and and share, especially to people who can't really get through something that is difficult and long to read it's just good to make things accessible i love all of the non-fiction adaptations that people are doing in graphic novels it's great fun yeah and i think as uh, scott mcleod put it in understanding comics as well that you know comics uh, sometimes can explain uh, complex ideas really really well with the aid of graphics as well mm. so, so yeah uh, very exciting. Uh, I was really excited when they announced these months ago. Mm. So, it's going to be fun. Looking, looking forward to it. Now, um, has any uh, has any of you read uh, Gideon Falls? I have read all the volumes. Yep, I'm waiting. <laughs> You're on board. Okay. I'm on board. I love it. Love it. Love it. Yep. So yeah, we're going down the rabbit hole completely. Mm. All right, uh, Gideon Falls Volume 5 is, uh, has come out this month. Uh, and for those that follow the trade paperbacks, um, and of course, if you can't wait for the trade paperback, the last volume will come out in um, April. And that will be the very last one. So Volume 6 will be the last one. It will come out in April. If you can't wait for that, uh, uh, and I would understand some people not wanting to, to wait for that. Um, the last issue actually is coming out in December. So the series is actually finishing in December with an oversized 80 page uh, final issue. I, um, I've, yeah, I, I stopped uh, buying floppies years ago and I just buy trade paperbacks. But I have uh, I have to admit that I've been considering going to the shop and just buying the floppies for the last few issues <laughs> because because I just want to know what happens before this ends. Yeah, because I think yeah. with volume four you, we were left on a cliffhanger. Oh yeah, yeah. So we just yeah, um, we don't know who's coming back in volume five. And I expect volume five will leave us on another big cliffhanger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I predict that too. Yeah. As cruel as it is, I think that's going to happen. But yeah, look, um, if anyone hasn't read the series and doesn't know what it is about, uh, it's written by Jeff Lemire uh, with an art by Andrea Sorrentino. Um, and yeah, it's kind of... Um, Jeff Lemire has kind of written a, this kind of dark horror story. Um, it started with a barn like a black barn that's loosely inspired uh, by um, uh, the Black Lodge in Twin Peaks but this uh, the story is quite different it goes in a completely different direction um, the art is just incredible it's really 
beautiful. Uh, I can't even describe it, but mm. it, it's it's something to be seen. Um, really amazing work from Andrea Sorrentino in that sense. And and uh, yeah, it's just this really trippy, trippy story that uh, just takes you to weird um, different places. I absolutely love it. It's really, really dark, but really love it. And um, there was a TV series actually that um, a year ago they announced that the, they were developing a TV series. And this is an Australian connection uh, um, with James Wan on board mm-hmm. as an executive producer. And James Wan, of course, is, uh, you know, he, he was one of the creators of Saw, uh, Insidious, The Conjuring. Yep. Yeah, did Aquaman as well, but uh, you know I I love his horror um, work. Um, so um, you know, if they made a TV series with him as a as an executive producer, that that sounds like a good match to me. Yeah, it does. Um, uh, and I would be interested in seeing how they develop this into a series. Definitely. Um, so yeah, um, I, I just, I can't wait to, to get volume five. Um, it's on order at the library. It should arrive really soon and I'll devour it. And, and then, yes, I'm considering buying the floppies because I'm not sure I can wait until Ooh, April. Yeah. April next year. That could be hard. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with the lack of, lack of, uh, new material in other genres and yeah. <laughs> media lately. <laughs> Yeah. And look, Jeff Lemire is actually a, a writer that uh, I haven't read much from him in the past, but uh, um, but with this series, with Gideon Falls and with Black Hammer, um, for me, you know, mm-hmm. he's created two really, really awesome, awesome series. So um, now I'm definitely uh, going to be looking for whatever he creates next. And I yeah. thought it was like reading Gideon Falls this year was quite ironic and a bit eerie, you know, because it's so into conspiracy theories and everyone's wearing a face mask and it's like, hey. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, th- there's actually, um, there's actually, now that you mention it, there's a new series that has started. I think they're on issue number three this month. Uh, called the Department of Truth, and it's all about um, it's all about um, this kind of um, you know, conspiracy theories and all that. And I guess the, the the premise, the general premise, is that if people believe in a in a conspiracy theory, and the more people that they believe it, it becomes true. Yeah, it becomes true for some people, yes. Yeah, yeah so, <laughs> so the, the Department of Truth, essentially, uh, you know, their work is to make people not believe it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, so it's, uh, it's kind of like a horror, thriller kind of thing. Uh, it's published by Image as well and written by James Tinian. And, uh, yeah, so... Uh, uh, quite a timely book as well with all these conspiracy theories and all that and uh, it's been selling really really well i'm gonna i'm gonna write that one down Mm, me too (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm definitely i'm I'm waiting for the trade to come out 
Yeah. Mm. So uh, I think it's quite a timely series. So yeah. So that pretty much brings us to to an end. Unless you want you wanted to add anything, any of you? No, that's a great selection. I think. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, so that brings us to an end, and um, the next episode will be actually a creator chat with um, Holly Jane uh, of Bunny Girl, and that should come out as usual towards the um, mid-December, um, so watch out for that one. And we're also planning to have uh, uh, another podcast, a podcast before the end of the year, uh, where we are hoping to have um, the core team of uh, uh, Alia Graphic. Uh, so, and we'll be picking our favorite book of this year. <laughs> and, and that's something that's really, really hard to choose just one book, but we're going to give it a go. Uh, so, yeah, watch out for those episodes coming up. And take care and read comics. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Alia Graphic Podcast. Hit the subscribe button on our YouTube page and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Alia Graphic, email us at aliagraphicinfo at gmail.com and check our blog, aliagraphic.blogspot.com for updates, monthly roundups of news and new release titles.